Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Throwing Partners. My throwing partner is not here again. Chris is out doing some schoolwork, so that's more important than sports. Sports always be there, but now's the time to get your education. So good luck with your midterms, Chris. Whatever's going on, you're studying, thinking about you. You got this. So it's just me playing catch by myself, tossing the ball up in the air all alone. Just want to get off start and talk about some baseball. We are almost a week into uh, the first week of baseball, and it was pretty eventful. Some sloppy playing, some really great play, few teams that don't have a win yet, which is kind of strange. Um, so we got the A's and the Braves over. 0 for 4, 0 for 5. The A's did not have a great start with opponent-wise. They started off playing Houston. Now they're playing the Dodgers. So we'll see how that goes. It's pretty bad. The Braves, they look sloppy against Philly. Pitching's not there. They weren't hitting at all. Philly's pitching was on point this weekend. So crazy to see that. But it's the first week. Hopefully they don't dig themselves in a hole just yet. I was fortunate enough to go to opening day for the Angels against the White Sox. It was a fun game. Angels pulled it out. And starting off after today's loss to Houston, they are 4-2, and two, which honestly, as a fan, didn't expect it at all. And it's really surprising. Uh, they look like a real different team to me. And I think... A lot of Angels fans out there, including myself, there's a lot to look forward to this season. Um, it's just, it's got a different vibe on the field that I haven't seen in a while. Like they're having fun and it's just weird to see. <laughs> they're not, they have guys on that team that aren't really known for showing emotion and they've been showing it. Even Shohei Otani, who last night gets drilled and stares down Joe Smith, just the most evil death glare I've ever seen him do, ever. And the next second, he was smiling and giving a thumbs up to whoever over at third base. So total change. They're joking around. He made history as a pitcher and a hitter. The Angels uh, forewent the DH for the American League for the first time in a very long time, I think the 70s, and Shohei at second, he took a ball deep way into right field. The sound heard around the world off the bat was, man, I can still hear it in my head. It was so loud. It was great. Um, he was kind of rocky. He struck out seven, walked five. All the runs scored, though, were off of pass balls, wild pitchers, or errors. So it was kind of strange. That was the sloppy play, really. Um, but so, like, he did a really good job. I think he got to, like, mid-80s for his pitching. Joe Madden left him out there a little bit. Yeah, they ended up walking off on Sunday Night Baseball against the White Sox, Jared Walsh, with that three-run homer. And we also got some history with uh, Ricky for the Tigers, uh, Keel Badu. His first game, the first pitch he ever sees with his parents watching in stands, hits it out for his first career hit and homer. Game two of that series, it's a grand slam. Oh, and today, walk-off single. So, man, he's he's having a great start to his career. I don't think – I have to go back to last week's episode, but I don't think either of us picked Badu 
in any part of Rookie. I think Chris did. I might, because I think I remember bringing up how cool his name was. So Chris, great pick right there. Uh, looks like uh, he got off the gates real hot and might be the favorite now for Rookie of the Year for the American League if he keeps this up. So we'll see how that goes. Some scary uh, things that happened last night. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr., the face of baseball, freshly signed that big $340 million deal with the Padres. Goes down hard after swinging. Did not look good. He seemed to be in tremendous pain. Um, And it looks like it was the same injury, the same issue that he was having in spring. You left the game early. He had a bounce throw, and they're saying, oh, it's just a sore shoulder. And I think, in my personal opinion, I think the Padres and Tatis rushed this going back. I think it was more severe than it was. Maybe he wasn't letting on to what how his pain level was, but as we saw, he didn't have a great spring, and he also got off to a really slow start. He had one homer, but that series against Diamondbacks, even though the Padres pulled it out and swept him, or they, they won three of uh, four, he committed five errors, and some were glove, but most of them were throwing errors, and you know, that's how it starts. And we can tell that it was lingering pain. And just last night, that swing he took just completely dislocated his shoulder. Uh, I'm reading from uh, Dennis Lynn that um, he has a subluxation, a subluxation injury, <laughs> um, which is um, pretty much a slight labral tear. And slight tear, whatever, give it time to heal. They put him on the 10-day IL. I had that before I tore my labrum in high school and that's how it starts. It starts with not being able to throw and you're like, okay. And then something's wrong here. I'll just rest it a little bit. This is what they did. And then they go out and, you know, he plays and he makes really bad throws and something, something's up. And that's how it was with me. You know, the thing that separates me and Tatis is the fact that this happened when I was in high school He's a major league baseball player, a thousand billion times better than I was and will ever be, considering I'm here behind the mic and he's out on the field hitting dingers. So <laughs> completely different. He's got the training staff. I went to some podunk high school in California, so we didn't have a training staff. It was pretty much ice it and go back out there. Um, but it's no joke, and that's how it starts is you try to throw – and you're like, well, I can't make that throw. Something's wrong. And then you just kind of whatever about it. And then it gets worse and it gets worse. And a little thing like a swing or like a small little throw from second to first can totally undo it. And it's an internal dislocation of the shoulder. And having a slight tear, you really hope he doesn't miss a lot of time. But if he aggravates that anymore, we're looking at surgery and we're looking at him being out for the rest of the year, possibly into next year. And that's not good for the Padres, not good for Padre fans or baseball fans in general, and not good for the game, considering he is the face of baseball. He makes the game exciting. And I think this injury is going to show that maybe he shouldn't, even though it's fun, you know, score from second on a pop-up in the infield during spring training. We all saw 
Um, Eloy Jimenez a few weeks ago, Chris and I talked about it last week, tries to rob a homer, tears his pectoral muscle. He's out six to eight months. Like he misses the whole season for, for his team who really needed him in the lineup. And you know, the same could be said for Tatis. Like I'm not trying to bash him or anything. Like his style of play is really fun and good for baseball, but you can't be sliding in like that. You can't be hardcore playing in spring training. Like, because chances are you're going to get hurt and you're going to put your career in jeopardy and your team season in jeopardy. And I get it. He's young. He's 22, 23. Um, but I think there needs to be like kind of a, a thought process of, all right, maybe I shouldn't give 150% during a meaningless spring game when I'm just trying to get my timing down on my swing. So I really hope he's okay. I hope he doesn't miss more than a month. Um, we're looking at 10 days on the IL, but who knows? You know, the hard thing is um, he heard it while swinging, um, which means it was just already there, just lingering. And if he can't throw and he can hit, he's in the NL. He's in the National League, and they don't have a DH. So that's a hit loss of his bat and his fielding and his glove. So we'll see how it plays out for the Padres. I think they'll still be fine without him, but he's still that lightning rod. A lot of them haven't really gotten off to great starts other than Eric Cosmer. So maybe someone will pick it up like Cronenworth or Kim, even though as of tonight, it's Tuesday. Uh, Kim got hurt. Like, Yaz slid in and he tweaked his wrist. So who knows? Cool thing is the Padres, they loaded up on depth this past off season. So they, they should be fine. Um, just if their pitching stays there and their hitting stays consistent, I think they'll be okay. It's just, it's a huge blow for that team and baseball in general to lose uh, Tatis like that. But it's, it's been a really interesting start to the season. I could say that um, there's a lot of stories going on the whole um, MLB deciding to move the all-star game from Atlanta over uh, the new legis- legislation that passed moving over to Coors Field, which, which will be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think with the thin air in Denver, um, you know, we haven't seen a home run derby there since I think the mid nineties. So seeing the ball fly in the home run derby and the all-star game is going to be really fun. Um, I'm excited to see who's going to be participating this year in the derby. Um, Hope to see some big names out there like judge or Stanton or Pete Alonzo or Guerrero jr. It'll be really fun. Those guys hit it far and it goes way farther in Colorado because of that thin air. So all-star game going from Atlanta to Colorado this summer look for that in july um we'll go over the standings a little bit um what sticks out to me is uh oakland is just not having a great start to their season they are currently down four to one to la they've gave up a boatload of runs to houston we'll see how they pull out of it i think oakland they always start out really cold like this they're really they're okay in May, and then once June hits or post All Star game in July, they skyrocket to the top of the West. Like they are like unbeatable for some reason. Like man, that's why they were really good last year because the season started in July. So 
I think just the time of the year, the year really throws them off. So look for them to bounce back. I don't think they're going to be under 500 this long for much this season. They're always a thorn in everyone's side. Atlanta, this is, this is weird. Like they lost again today. They are not hitting like, and they have a really good lineup. Maybe it's different from coming off of just a, a tough loss going game seven in the in the NLCS last season. It's having a quick turnaround to come in for spring training and then go back and start the season on the road. Maybe we'll see them uh, pick it up once they uh, get a couple home games in in their home stadium in Atlanta. So I can't, I don't see the Braves also being this bad for this long. They'll pick it up. The NL East is going to be really interesting. Um, Philly right now is really good. They just lost their first game, but they are four and one. And I think I think it's still going to be a three team race, uh, maybe even four. And Miami, I don't think they're going to do well, but they'll still be that thorn in people's side of like, you know, they might not be great, but like they still give tough games, tough at bats, tough pitches. So they'll be competitive, but I don't think they're in the mix for the NL East or even the wild card. But uh, yeah. That's that bit for baseball. Um, it was a great start. Um, I can't wait to talk more about it with Chris next week uh, when we do another podcast together. Um, and then we'll go over to uh, NCAA. So both tournaments happened um, this past week. And <laughs> the way Gonzaga got into the finals off that half-court buzzer beater was crazy. And they were feeling it. And maybe they felt it too much because they fell apart. They fell apart in the final game against Baylor. It was really, really bad. I just going undefeated that whole time and then just losing by 16. I just, it's, I mean, that's what happened with the Patriots against the Giants years ago. You know, they go undefeated the whole season. They win the playoff games. And they lose it when it counts in the Super Bowl. And that's what Gonzaga did. They were 27-0 and or whatever. And they lose when it mattered. They lose to Baylor. Baylor put up a huge fight. Like, they did really well. Um, I didn't watch the game, but from what I could tell, it was really fun. Baylor deserved that win. They really fought. Um, you know, they had a few guys in, trip, in double digits. They rebounded the ball, and that's how you do it. Um and Gonzaga just looked flat. It looked like they didn't even know what they were doing. So, hey, that's fine. Like, congrats to Baylor, Gonzaga, maybe next year. Um, we'll go over to the um, NCAA women's basketball uh, attorney. Stanford beats U of A, the Wildcats, by one point, 54 to 53. That's a game. The one seed against the three seed. Arizona's always in it. Like they, that is a basketball school. Their men's didn't do it this year, but women's really good at basketball. And you know, like they really pulled it out again. They rebounded when it mattered when they had to. Um, it was just an all-around good team game um, between Stanford and and U of A, um, just by one point. Um, it was it's it was fun. Basketball's over. They're going in to their offseason for for college, gearing up for um, college baseball coming up, 
college softball. It'll be fun. I think we're going to get a little bit more talk with college this year. Um, I'm not a really big college fan. Chris is really knowledgeable about college football and every sport in college. So <laughs> I can't wait to pick his brain on further episodes of when we talk about schools. Um, but there was this one uh, little tidbit I wanted to pull up about uh, <laughs> Chris's favorite school. Uh, that's not Washington, but um, Oklahoma. Uh, their uh, women's softball team uh, had this really cool stat. Um, they had their 35th consecutive win, their 49th straight Big 12 regular season win, and their 56th straight Big 12 series win. That, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't think we can ever see any team in general. Like Gonzaga had that great run until the finals, but OU softball, like 56 straight Big 12 series win, 35th consecutive win, like 35 straight wins. That, that's a streak that I don't think will ever get beaten. That, that's nuts. And I don't think they get enough credit. Softball doesn't get enough credit. It's fun. Um, I've watched a few games and it's hard and those girls can ball out and they hit and they pitch um and OU's got some really great talent so we'll keep an eye on that this season we'll talk about it more when Chris is back but I think that's it we're gonna keep it short and sweet today I'm going by myself and uh like on YouTube follow watch us follow us on Instagram Facebook you can email us if you have questions leave a comment. You know, we like to hear reviews. We really love feedback. We want to like, we take it well, like anything that we need improvement on, let us know and we will try our best to do it. Um, it's all about adjustments. And uh, Chris and I are really good at that. Uh, we're pretty chill. So just talk to us, tell us what you like or don't like, and, and we'll try our best to um, accommodate to what you like listening to. So but with that, that's it. We are done signing off. If you are listening, uh, this is Tuesday night, so this will be out Wednesday. Um, enjoy the middle of the week. You're almost there. It's almost Friday. It's almost the weekend. Um, you can do it. We got it. Spring's in the air. It's going great. I uh, want to give a shout out to Denise, Chris's mom, who's celebrating her birthday on April 7th tomorrow or today, whatever you're listening on. Chris's mom, my second mom everyone's mom. We love you. Happy birthday. And Chris, get some studying done. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the rest of your week and let's watch some more sports.